if you make it personal and you have like a little bit more of a dialogue, that's going to make it feel more welcoming. It's the same example as you go to like a huge dinner party and no one introduces you versus yeah. going to like a dinner party with five people and everyone goes, hi, this is my friend. Say hi, yeah. you know. Hello and welcome to the Business Growth Accelerator. This is Isar Metis, your host. And in this special and amazing episode, I'm hosting Rachel Silvano. Rachel is the community manager for Zapier. Yes, the Zapier. And the community has, I don't know, either hundreds of thousands or millions of people in it. And obviously before doing that, she was running other communities in other places. So her experience in growing, running, managing, and creating engagement in communities is probably one of the most impressive out there. We are going to talk about multiple aspects on how to create engagement, how to maintain the personalized feeling of people in the community as you're scaling, how to create an environment in which people want to help other people. So really make it into a thriving community and much, much more. So stick around. This is going to be pure gold. Growing a business is tough. Believe me, I know. I'm a serial entrepreneur with three startups behind me. One went public, the second busted because of bad decisions by the CEO. That was me, by the way. And the third grew to $100 million in sales as part of a larger company that got sold. It took me 20 years to learn how to do it right, but now I'm on a quest to get you there much faster. I'm hosting senior business leaders, entrepreneurs, and world-class experts. Together, we search for gold, strategies, systems, processes, and practical tips that you can implement to grow your business. You will hear fascinating business stories, really funny moments, and lots of actionable business tips. Welcome to the Business Growth Accelerator. Hello, and welcome to a special episode of the Business Growth Accelerator in collaboration with CLI, the Community Leadership Institute, and B2B Community Builder. And so our guest today is? I'm Rachel Silvano. I'm the Community Operations Manager at Zapier. And we're doing all of this at CLIX, which is a, a really interesting and cool conference of people who are all around community creation for businesses, which I find fascinating. So first of all, tell me a little bit what brought you to the world of community for businesses. Oh, that's interesting. I So for a long time, I've been in community for uh, a minute. I started at the community roundtable doing uh, their community of practice. And so communities of practice are more designed around building deep member networks and particularly in education. So okay. I know something and I want to teach another person that's something and continue that relationship. Zapier is the first very large business community that I have been working within. And what led me to that is that their community team is so large. They just need so much more to get the work done because we have hundreds and thousands of people who are using our community to get answers to their questions, to build better zaps, to do all sorts of important work and automation. And so uh, what led me to that was knowing that I had a long runway of community work that I could do. So ops forever, and I'll be able to really keep doing that, which is great. Interesting. So you came, you did community work before you came to Zapier. Yes. Was it still on a business level or was it more in a personal slash maybe nonprofit? Like what was the previous thing you did? 
Yeah. So I'd worked two years at Pragmatic Institute, which is a product training company. Okay. And even though their community is a part of their business, it's not a support community. So they're not getting the same ROI. Our ROI at Pragmatic was a lot more thinking about you know, how are we making sure that students don't feel left behind when they leave the classroom and making sure they have implementation best practices. And then again, at my time at the community roundtable, that's a community for community managers. And so their business is the community, but it's not the same as a very, you know, it's not the same as HubSpot, which is, or Salesforce, which yeah. are doing very different products and they're using the community to support that. It's a lot more amorphous. And so the community supports it. It also builds off of membership networks, all that kind of work. So, Very interesting. Okay, so here's my next question. Where do you see the role or the key things that are beneficial to Zapier from the community? So if you had to define the goals of the community and how it serves Zapier and maybe vice versa, what are these key things? It's a million dollar question. That's I, I, well, probably more than a million dollars if it's Zapier, but that's true. We're pretty big. I think we really want to make sure that we are empowering automation heroes. Okay. So we want the community to be the space that people come to to feel that we have made automation accessible. So that's a really key business objective for our community right now is to say, you know, Zapier is a complex product. There, we actually are a community that supports over 4,000 products because it's not just Zapier. It's, well, how does Zapier connect to XYZ tool, my CRM, my, yeah, yeah. you know, spreadsheets. So we need a community that can do one-to-many support and we need a community that can let people be aspirational about all of the stuff that automation can do. Most people, when they think of automation, they're actually thinking really small. We're teaching people how to think about automation. And so a lot of our community goals and structures are around an entire self-serve customer experience from start to finish. So we are here on day one when you build your first Zap and that's awesome. We're here when you're a Zap superstar and you've built a million apps, Zaps, and you have all sorts of cool stuff that you're super excited about. The community is going to keep supporting you. Okay, so... How much of it is built towards here's how our community talks to Zapier and back versus how much of it you're trying to encourage the community to support itself? Much larger in the second capacity. Okay. We know that we have customer support reps. We know that people can engage with us as Zapier, the brand. One of the things I really emphasize a lot in our community is you're talking to me, you're talking to Liz, you're talking to Nick, you're talking to the community team and we are people. And so we'll make mistakes and we'll learn and we'll adapt and we'll get better at answering your questions to get better at what we do every day. And so what we ultimately want to do is have the community be the space where, okay, I'm a community manager. I don't really know how to start with Zapier, but I'm going to go into the community and, oh, look, there's 20 other community managers who are all in this community telling me what the best practices are. I'm so set up. I feel so much better about this. So that's kind of the like end state. And we do very little engage. Like we, we love it when our employees come in and help answer a question, but it's not party line. It's not like this is just Zapier, the company. It's like, these are people who are talking about our product. Brilliant answer. So basically what you're saying is the people from the company, quote unquote, are also part of the community and they act as members of the community more than they act as I'm an employee of Zapier. Exactly. There's a small differentiator on their profile so that people know and there's not any confusion. But at the end of the day, we want it to be a holistic space for people to be. And to also, we get a lot of critical feedback. We get a lot of feedback that's, hey, you know, this new beta feature wasn't working as I was expecting. 
And we don't have to necessarily have the same modality that the formal company at its highest order will respond to. We can be a lot more sympathetic. We can be like, you know, I'm reading your comments that you're posting on these blogs and I'm saying, oh, like I'm going to give that feedback and share it. Thank you for doing that, you know, rather than just like a, a company standpoint, you know. Awesome. So what is, what is your best tip? So you've been doing this for a while yeah. in a really, really, really large company, which is obviously different than most people. Like most people will run smaller mm-hmm. communities and smaller companies. But what do you see are the key things that make, that create engagement, right? That, that really drives that sense mm-hmm. of belonging and that sense of wanting to contribute and help other people within the community, because this is what really creates success, right? right? That's what you described. You want other people to help other people, help them feel welcome, want them to create more zaps and, and do these things. How do you create, what's the, the secret sauce, the pixie dust that makes people want to contribute? That is the question that people have been trying to answer for so long. I've found that in my experience, similar things tend to work. Although in different communities, you'll have different methods, you'll have different user needs, right? So if I think about a community of a thousand people and how I want those thousand people to engage with each other, I'll take different measures than if I'm dealing with a community of millions of people. Okay. And But at the end of the day, it's about a few things. It's about lowering the risk of connection. It's about saying it's not scary. To We want to make it accessible to you to do this. We want it to be accessible for you to know to come in and say hello. In order to do that, we're going to build some small rituals. You know, there's a great new ebook that just came out about community engagement practices. And one of them is really taking seriously the effort of Every Monday, I'm going to post a workout loud thread. It doesn't matter if one week there's four people that engage and the next week there's 50. Every single week, we're going to do that. And you'll have people who come and go in those rituals, but it creates a sustained like understanding of Monday is when I do workout loud. And I always do that. So I, I love it because you already mentioned, you kind of answered my next question, which was the practical tips of what you, what you said as concept. So you give one example. So first of all, do you have other examples of rituals that you do that kind of drive that engagement? Yeah, well, I'm thinking of other ones that tend to be common in the community space. In your editorial calendar, you might have a monthly AMA that you always do. You might have a happy hour chat. You might have a intro thread. Those are really common. And even though they're not inherently doing anything of like, you know, we talk about the community engagement funnel at the top of it is or pyramid, I guess, is, is the top of the pyramid is people who are creating new content and they're yeah. coming in and they're really being dynamic. And at the bottom of it, is you got to get people to dip the toe in and just say, okay, I'm going to just say who I am and say two fun things about me. That's low risk. It's not making them think about how do I think of the right question to ask? And I'm nervous. I might not get an answer. It's taking out the social, like you're not on stage. We want it to feel like you're just walking up to me in a conference hall and saying, hi, Rachel. I'm like, happy to see you. We want that feeling to be in our communities. So what creates that? What, what makes me feel comfortable when I saw so I'm a Zappy user mm-hmm. and I'm in the community a lot, mostly because I don't know how to do stuff and I'm asking yeah. people how to do stuff. Like, has anybody yeah. done this and that? And then yeah. you get 50 answers. But how do you, how do you make people feel comfortable? What, is the th- what are the things you do? So, because you sign up, right? The first thing right. you sign up, you're like, okay, there's a community. Right. Okay, I'm signed up for the community. Now what? Yeah, yeah. That's a great question. One of the things I emphasize um, in all of our communications is human, you know, like, you know, my name, you know, that you can send me an email. My inbox is always open is like one of my things that I always put in emails. So you make it human, make the tone more informal. So again, you ask that question of how much is Zapier, the formal brand in the community. I love our branded content. 
I want it to feel a little more small scale. I want it to feel, you know, like one of the things that we do in our community, and these are the things that are tough to automate is noticing and saying, you know, hey, I notice one of the things I do in our community is if somebody has a cool profile name, I often like, dude, I dig your name. Like that's a really cool profile name. It's funny. It made me laugh or it was cool or we have some sort of a shared comment. That's the other thing is if you have a community platform that allows you to fill out demographic information, like these are my favorite three TV shows. These are the things I like to buy. I always use those as facilitation points to say, hey, I like cruise by. That is my work of the like, just knowing your members, know your audience, know what they care about. And if you make it personal and you have like a little bit more of a dialogue, that's going to make it feel more welcoming. It's the same example if you go to like a huge dinner party and no one introduces you versus yeah. going to like a dinner party with five people and everyone goes, hi, this is my friend. Say hi, yeah. you know. Awesome. I, I love the examples you give. I, I will say something that kind of ties back to that. And it's, it's, a, it's another guy I know from a completely different field from podcasting. His name is Adam Shibley. I'm going to call him out. And Adam, anybody that joins his, I don't know if it's Facebook group or Instagram uh, following or whatever, he lives them a personal video message. Yes. And people are like, how do you do that? He said, I, like, what system do you use? Yeah. It's like, it's me and my phone. Yeah. And I hold it in front of my face and invest 10 seconds in actually recording a personal message for yeah. someone. So I love what you're saying, but now there's a question because you touched on it. It's not really scalable. No. Like Adam Shibley can do it for whatever, you know, 10,000 followers that he has because mm -hmm. there's 10 a day. But Zapier cannot do it. So how do you do that? How do you keep the personal feeling while still making it scalable? So right now we're experimenting with building out user groups as a way of saying, you know, let's take, let's start dividing out this massive audience we have and start having smaller focused conversations. One of the things that I have talked about in community is it's a particular industry that will do well with programming that doesn't always scale. So, and it, but the example that's important to, to pull out here is that when I run something like that, it's time bound. It is like, we're going to do a cohort. You're going to sign up. I'm going to make it super high value. And then you're back into the general population. You're back into the stream and I'm not going to keep doing them. But we often also allow for things like one of the ones I get a lot of requests from, from community managers is setting up a zap that connects when a new user joins Slack to get a DM from you. So it's an example of splitting the difference there. Is it as personal as a video? No. But if I joined a community and the next day I got a Slack DM from the community manager saying, hi, I'm Rebecca. I'm so happy to see you. That would sort of let me at least get a foot in the door of like, maybe it's not that high order, but like you, and the great thing is you can experiment. You can try high value, like a, you know, a cohort, a masterclass, something like that. And then if that's too much, you can go down into like a Slack DM or a like welcome message that feels really custom and tailored, you know, like you can kind of keep going up and down in those levels. Very interesting. I really, really like the approach. And I, I think it's really amazing that a company as big as Zapier with a community that is huge. I don't know the numbers, but I, again, I, I know it's millions of people. Yeah can still focus on keeping it real, keeping it human, keeping it connection-based. You know, yeah. what we do, we, ca we call what we do relationship-driven growth. Sure. Right? It's all about how do I, quote-unquote, scale building mm -hmm. relationships, right? And this is really what you're doing, and I think you're doing a very good job at it. I want to ask you a, a final question before I let you go, because I know you have a really busy day. What is the biggest tip you have for people who are starting in your position? So you've been doing this for a while. Mm -hmm. You have lots of experience, a huge company to support you, a team behind you. Mm -hmm. If I'm just starting, 
Okay, yeah. I need to manage the community of company X. What are the biggest five tips you can give me on how to do this right? Right. Let me see if I can come up with five. I think I can. You can do three if you want. No, I'll do five. <laughs> I like the challenge. Uh, number one is listen. Listen to the people that are using your community. Listen to the members that will be there. I have never had two communities with the same people in them. And that makes a lot of sense, right? Like sure. if you're running a community for roller skaters and then you're running a community of fishermen, they're different people. And you'd listen to the people that will be there. Step two, if you're just starting out, is a network with your community. I was just in a conversation about community careers. I've never gotten a job where I haven't known somebody in my community team because I've just talked to people. We are a friendly bunch, I promise. Uh, I will always take a one-on-one -on -one call. If you're like, hey, I have these three questions and you know, can you help me craft interview responses? Can you help with my resume? I've not met a community practitioner that won't do that. So like you leverage the fact that we are in this work and get to know us is a good one. Three is also paying attention to the research that comes out and being tuned in to the industry experts. My personal favorite is the community roundtable. I love what they do. They've been around forever. I know that I'm a member of the CR. And when I, when I go into those forums, I know I'm getting the best answer for my own questions. So the industry research for would be to really acknowledge what we talked about this in the panel as well. What is it that you like doing? Because if you're in a community that's only going to have you doing things that you're not excelling at, you won't feel great. Yeah. Uh, it might surprise you. I don't love public speaking. Uh, so I, I am surprised. <laughs> I like data and I like kind of being like yeah, behind yeah. the scenes a bit. So if I was only doing this, I wouldn't feel great. But I know that at Zapier, I can come and be friendly and say hi. And then I can also go back and do data and like sit and, you know, behind the scenes a bit. So knowing that about yourself and then finding a community that will fit that for you. And then number five is have fun. Uh, and that's a little tacky or I don't know, but I, I really like saying that what I do for, for work is I make friends. So like I, you know, make friends, treat your community as people that you like want to care about, even though sometimes it's hard. Like, you know, I don't, I don't relate always one-on-one -on -one to if somebody's like connecting a CRM and they're having an error. It's not, I'm like, oh, I don't feel that in my heart, but I can feel the frustration of knowing that like, why isn't this working? And like, you know, I go to turn my microwave on and it's broken and I'm frustrated. And so having that true moment of what are my members going through? Yeah. Like, what do they feel? How can I be friends with them? How can I you know, build a relationship that is all encompassing? And it doesn't have to be your whole life, but you know, how can I know, like, I know when some of my members are having anniversaries and I know that they're like kids not feeling well. And so like all of those are informing our decisions as community practitioners to say, I'm tuned in, I'm tuned into what my folks are doing and I care about them and I want to see them do well. And that'll make your community experience really fun, hopefully in the day to day. Amazing. Rachel, thank you so much. This was really fascinating. You obviously know what you're doing. And, and, it, and you're obviously very passionate about it. Oh. That comes across as well. So thank you so much for spending the time and sharing with us. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. What a great conversation with Rachel. I really enjoy talking with her. She obviously has deep, deep understanding of the concepts of community engagement and running small and large communities and a lot to learn from her. If you're interested in the concepts of communities for businesses, and you should because this is the future of businesses, you're in luck because this interview is a part of a mini series I did with multiple people around the topics of community as part of the CLIX summit. So the previous two episodes, 130 and 131 are in that mini series, and there's a few coming in the next few months, but also you can scroll all the way back to episode 65 with Chris Kermitzos 
and it's called Steps for Effective Community Building. It's a really great interview with somebody who's built the largest podcasting community in the world. So he knows one or two things about running, starting, and managing communities. And as I mentioned, there's going to be more about communities. That's what we do for a living. So it helps me learn and broaden my horizons and understand what other people are doing in this field which, as I mentioned, is one of the most critical aspects of businesses in the future as digital marketing is getting more and more saturated. Communities are winning the game to connect with your potential clients and customers and prospects and so on. So I think me learning and taking you along for the ride could be beneficial to you as well. And until next time, have an amazing week. Your business growth is my number one priority in this podcast. To do that, I want to bring the biggest names that I can and get you practical tips as frequently as possible. And you can help. Visit Apple Podcasts right now, subscribe, download, rate, and review the podcast, and I would really appreciate it. And if you want my number one tip for business growth acceleration, visit growthaccelerator.biz right now.